Hey, this is Chris from Widow, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Focus Hey, Metalheads, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to episode 290 of Focus on Metal. I have a great show in store for you this week with my buddy Chris Bennett from the band Widow. They just put out their brand new one called Carved in Stone on Pure Steel Records. And I thought, why not? It's been a few years. Let's uh, have Chris come back on and do another guest host gig right here on Focus on Metal. So here's the plan. I'm going to roll a track off of the brand new one from Widow. And from there, kick off the show with Chris Bennett.
Hey, Chris. Hey. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? All right. Haven't talked to you since 2012. Can you freaking believe that? Man, it went by quick. It doesn't seem that long, dude. How you doing? All right. <laughs> I know. I was looking at the press release, and I was like, really? It's been that long since Life's Blood? Holy shit. And uh, I was like, dude, I couldn't believe it. It went by fast, man. It, it did. Yeah, no, it's funny. I'm, I'm driving on the way home, and I went, shit, you know, I never talked to Chris about how the hell we were going to get a hold of each other tonight. And uh, dude, I was like, I, I hope it's in the, the address thing. book. <laughs> and it was, and you'll be psyched to know, very metal. You're in the ad in my address book between uh, Carmine Apiece and Chris and Pelletieri. So right in the middle, Chris Bennett. Wow, that's that's good company. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Yeah. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, and obviously, uh, you know, talking to you about another great album. I was uh, again psyched to see that you know you guys were coming out with something and. Uh, Definitely, uh, carved in stone is uh, is another step up for you. Man, thank you. That's nice to hear, dude. I it was it took a while, you know, for various reasons. I mean, we we were recording. Uh, Johnny works at a studio, and he actually doesn't work at the studio now where we recorded. But we were kind of recording in off hours at the studio, right? And uh, you know, so that took a while, and then we had some drummer changes, yeah. and that delayed things, and it feels like we've recorded, you know, this thing for, like, years, and I guess kind of in a way we have, yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad it's finally out, man. I'm very pleased with the end result. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of interesting, that, you know, watching you guys evolve, and this one here has got, um, I hate to say it, a little bit more of a commercial sound. It's, it's uh you guys have definitely stepped up a, a lot in the songwriting category and stuff and in a lot more hooky, but on the same time, a, a little bit of a bum on my side is that, uh, it's, you know, not as thrashy as life's blood, but still good classic metal. Well, we, we sold out, you know, for the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I think, and I agree with you. It is more, uh, commercial, but I guess some of that came from we were trying to, well, let me back up. We, this was the first album. See, after Life's Blood, when we originally recorded that, we were a four-piece. Hmm. Uh, Johnny's brother was playing bass. When he ended up leaving the band, uh, Johnny did a lot to write bass and kind of produce bass. He was very like involved in the whole bass guitar process on our album. Mm. So Johnny just goes, we couldn't find a bass player. And Johnny was like, dude, let me just play bass. Cause we were really into the sort of like one guitar bands. I mean, like Dio and Ozzy and, you know, a lot of our favorite stuff. It's like one dude playing guitar. Right. And, when we switched to a three-piece, you know, this album was written with that in mind as opposed to the twin guitar thing. So, man, what ended up really happening was we wrote songs that instead of me doing like 50 guitar tracks, we said, let's write an album that, you know, we can recreate, you know? Sure. So I found out for one thing, it's really hard to just sort of focus on the song, man. 
<laughs> you know, not that writing twin guitar stuff is easy necessarily, but it it, it it's sort of like when you're just one guitar, you don't have any sort of like, okay, let me write uh let me let me put a harmony here and this will bring this part out or let me you just got nothing but the song, you know? Yeah. And to to write a full riff and something really catchy, it, it gave me a new appreciation for guys that I loved, like Eddie Van Halen and Tony Iommi, you know, it mm-hmm. was like, wow. Because, you know, you listen to some one guitar bands and you think, oh man, that would be easy. You just, you know, write a riff and there you go. Uh, in all honesty, this was the most difficult album writing wise to come up with, but it just, you know, it put the focus back on just the hook, man, just the song itself without relying on any tricks, I guess you would say. Yeah. And so uh, we're pleased with the way it came out. We just let it sort of go naturally and, and just see what we came up with. And, and, and that's what we've always done. Just see what's happened. I think our albums have always been pretty different from one another. I don't think we've, really made the same album twice which uh, i'm happy not. about yeah definitely not the same album twice so and that's 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 i've got nothing against that i mean god knows i love you know acdc and you know motorhead and a lot of bands that found their sort of voice and just just did that you know yeah. but we just ended up changing from different albums and i like this one a lot because I feel like uh, our heads are sort of still in that same place. Because sometimes with albums, it's like it takes you so long from the time you start writing the songs to when it gets recorded and when it finally comes out. It's almost like it comes out and you're like, I don't even feel this way anymore, you know? (laughs) People are hearing it for the first time and it's like you're already sick of it and hate it, you know? Yeah. But I think with this one, we're more, it's like, yeah, this is still where we're at, you know? Yeah, yeah. As a group. So. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting all the stuff you just said. I remember the first picture I ever saw you, you were wearing an old school Van Halen shirt. And, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit about VH with you. And, and I do hear that in, this, in the songs. Part of the what I really like is those little riffs you sprinkle in through all the songs. And, you know, they, it's just like they come swinging by and you're like, hey, what the hell was that? And that's like, that's like <laughs> classic Eddie all over the place. Yes, man. He, he's one of my favorites. Ever since I was a little kid, I mean, it was just, you know, I was, uh, I've got an older sister who she's 11 years older than me. And so, you know, in the early eighties, I mean, I was still a little kid, but she was introducing me to all these different bands and, uh, Van Halen was like one of my first bands and it was just like, that makes such an impression on you. You know and I mean? As a little kid, it's not like. I mean, I didn't sort of like, it, this was before I would even say I declared myself a metalhead. It was just like you watch MTV and, you know, Quiet Riot and Van Halen and the Scorpions and, you know, bands like that are on there. And that stuff affected me so much early on to where, you know, you just, it's like, it all comes back to the song and it, man, Van Halen is... I mean, can you really get any better than that? I mean, the the early Van Halen stuff, it still just stands up. You know, yeah. it's 
it's cool, you know? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's still, it, it doesn't sound dated. You put it on and it, it's like hooks for days, you know, and you just, you yeah, just, you know, you can't listen to something from early Van Halen without walking away singing at least two different tracks. I mean, it just—it's amazing, you know. And I—I I even liked uh, that last album uh, that they did. Uh, gosh, for some, yeah, I, different I, kind I, of truth. My mind, that's it. Different yeah. kind of truth. I really dug that. I, I thought that was fantastic, you know. Of course, a lot and of I the know songs from that the, were dug up from early demos and stuff. So no idea. Yeah. Like <laughs> now that's true, but you know they the. the spin they put on it and the way they did it yeah i thought it was cool you know when i first heard that song tattoo mm-hmm. i was kind of like uh i don't know about this yeah but then i heard the rest of the songs and once i heard that song in the context of the album itself it was like oh okay yeah this this is cool too but yeah at first i wasn't too sure but man there's some songs on there like uh the song out of space which is just like Total ripping killer Van Halen, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if uh, little Junior Wolfgang there actually played on it. Maybe his dad just did the bass <laughs> for him. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I've, I've talked to Mark Tremonti, and he says that kid's a hell of a bass player. So, Oh, know, really? Oh, you know, yeah. He praised him up and down and, and uh, was really bummed he couldn't do the, the tour, um, not for Mark's current one, but for his last one and stuff. But uh, he said that... That no, he said that Wolfie is the real deal when it comes on comes to bass. I'm like, all right, Mark, I'll take your word for it. Wow, I mean, he I mean, he got the Van Halen genes, you know. I'm sure he's, you know, yeah, he's got it in him, you know. And I I saw them live, you know, a few times over the last years, and it was fun to me, man. I loved it, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, uh, you know, very surprising to hear the sound on this. And like I said, I mean, it's good, yeah, you. You really went with the mids and everything on here, and it's it's, uh, but it really does have that great, great classic metal sound. And and my outstanding tracks right now are the title track, and and wisdom. Those are my two top faves right now. 
and uh, definitely, definitely good stuff. And uh, I think the only one that kind of falls away a little bit on me is is uh, time on your side. Just uh, oh. a little too ballady for me, you know. But uh, <laughs> man, that was kind of like not on purpose. That was just a thing that I kind of messed around with, and you know, it ended up turning into a song. And we kind of, it, it was just kind of crazy to hear it come to life because at first we were just like, uh, you know, I don't know about this, but then we went with it. And yeah, it's funny, some of the songs that you think aren't going to be that good, you know, you hear them at the end and it's like, oh, you know, this is really cool. We're not about like filler songs. I mean, we've got songs that we recorded and got to the end of the process and we're like, no, this is not that good, you know? And it's funny because I was just thinking today, like, I want to go back and listen to some of those songs because I might like them now. Maybe we could make, like, an EP of songs we'd never released. (laughs) (laughs) But, but yeah, but, no, Wisdom is definitely one of the, you know, standout. That one's really cool. I like that a lot. Stone, I like, and I really like all the songs. You know, oh, of course it's, you do. Yeah, well, you know, t- with uh, with time on your side, I was really, you know, I'm listening. I'm thinking, all right, is he going to do like a last in line thing, and we're just going to get that build up, and he's going to punch in. And like, Damn, it's not happening. All right, like I'm going to deal with this. But uh, yeah, I just uh, I was like, oh, this is a little different for Chris. But uh, you know, again, you're right. We're hoping really that no one will be on like. No, we're, we're hoping time on your side will maybe be on like a 
Dodge commercial or something. Sometime. <laughs> <laughs> sure, you know, whatever works. Yeah, and and of course, again, delivered great on the on the album art too. I looked; that was the first thing I looked at it, and I'm like, "Damn, another great cover." Oh, dude, thank you. Yeah, that Timo Timo wears it's like w-u-e-r-z yeah, I, I always German artist. I, I don't know it's yeah it might be that I, i'm i'm not sure but he is such i mean he's like a legit artist yeah. i mean he has like gallery stuff over in germany and he's got like a book of his art that he's releasing and uh i wrote this little thing in his book like just talking about you know how fantastic he is and he is, man. I mean, just when we first met that guy, he sent us some uh, sketches for Life's Blood, and I was like, dude, that looks great. Awesome. Like, I thought that was the cover. Yeah. And I was like, okay, good job. Thank you, sir. You know, and he's like, dude, this is my rough sketch. I'm not even, I haven't even done it yet. I mean, we were ready to just make that his sketch the cover, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's talented. And yeah, when we saw Carved in Stone, the way he did it, it was like, yeah, it was above and beyond kind of what we had pictured, you know. Oh yeah, so. no, it, again, it's it's cool and it's got it's got all that all the reds and stuff that I expect in a you know on a widow cover. Now it just I don't know for some reason yeah. I just associate like that kind of hues with you guys, and it was like, wow, man, yeah, freaking did it again, dude. Uh, man, I felt the same way because he sent us some different stuff and. It was just like we saw it, and it was like, yeah, this is, this is it. He's he, he's a great man, and you know, I still think that album covers are important because, you know, you get this thing in your mind. It's just it's like a whole package, man. You know, you got the visual side, and you kind of picture that with the music, and it all goes together really well. I think so. Yeah, I think it's all still important, even in the the internet age. You know. Sure. Yeah. They have a cool, cool visual. Yeah, and again, you know, like Life's Blood, you looked at that cover and the music inside, and you went, "Yep, this is this is what I expected from this cover." And then you you yeah. look at this, and 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 again, you know, it's it's a different sounding album, but it's like, yeah, that's what I expected to to hear when you look at that cover. It's like, all right, that's got that just that classic sound, and uh, that's that's definitely like a classic cover. Awesome, man. Thank you. And it's I, I feel the same way because you know you look at all the greats, you know, I mean, especially the best example is like Maiden, you know, you right. just, you get that whole visual and you, you just put the whole thing together and it's like, it's this big package, you know, for you to just enjoy. You right. know? Yeah. And, and again, yeah, I mean, Maiden's a great example, right? Those early covers with killers and stuff They you know, the, the, the Derek stuff was a little bit rougher and it was more, you know, punkier and, and more, you know, almost monochromatic and stuff. And as they got, you know, slicker with their sound, then you started getting stuff like somewhere in time and, you know, just, yeah. you know, just slicker covers too. So it, it really fit what they were doing. And, and you guys definitely, you're doing it the same did. thing. Man, that's, that's great to hear. Cause that's what we want. And you know, we had that like, you know, lady twilight sort of character that we built sort of accidentally because that was just a song. And, uh, then the way he put together life's blood, we're like, this is her, you know, and we, we just kind of wanted to keep a, a similar theme, but have her do something else. And, you know, I think with the carved in stone thing, I mean, the, the sort of, I mean, it's not like a concept album, 
but I, I think just the general overall thing was just like, it came from us over the years, especially since life's blood working so hard to try and, you know, make some sort of mark, you know, on the underground metal world, you know, and, you know, we wanted to sort of hopefully with this one, just carve, carve it in stone, you know, to where you go, Hey, these guys existed. They were part of this. (laughs) And, and then when he put that character in the situation where it's almost like, you know, uh, this woman just coming to life, you know, from the stone or whatever, like she's a part of it. It's like, man, this thing's deep, you know? I mean, some people might look at it and see like a woman in a, in a, you know, very scantily cloud, uh, whatever, in a bikini or something. <laughs> but to me, you know, I see a lot more there of, you know, the whole thing. So oh, yeah. hopefully we can continue to evolve her, in the future, you know, right. Yeah. She's our Eddie, I guess you would say. <laughs> and, and really, I mean, some of the other song titles would have fit that too. Like, you know, where, where it's like all red and it's kind of like wet. You I mean, uh, if you did of the blood, we bind, it'd be like, all right, I see that, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, and even burning star is another one that would probably fit with that, with that as well. So for sure, man, you know, for sure. And, and we, we had some different titles for the album and we just, uh, written a song carved in stone and it was kind of like man that's the album title you know with a title is usually hard to sort of sum things up, you know, and you you, want to sum up the thing as a whole, because I still believe in the album, man. I mean, not just, oh, man, I like that song. I'm going to download that song. I mean, I'm still, 
an album guy. Oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. I want to like the whole album. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, that, and that's what's cool about this one. You, this is like one of these albums that you put on, you crank it up, and you can just you just you have to listen to the whole thing. And you're like, all right, I'm back at one again. We'll continue this. And yes. you know, I mean, that's it's it's great for that. Yes, man, I agree. You 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 gotta have a cohesive thing that all ties together. I mean, yeah, there's groups where I might like a certain song or a few songs or or whatever, and I still like them. But always, my favorites are the ones where you can, you know, just like Rain and Blood. You just play the whole thing when it's over, listen to it again. You know, right? Yeah, of course, so, that one's a quickie. <laughs> yeah, you got time. You can just keep flipping the. The cassette, as you know, we did back in the old days. <laughs> uh, yeah. But oh man, so you, you know, know, we talked a little bit about Maiden, and of course, I mean, you guys had had the 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 dream gig. Uh, what was it, two or three years ago? Uh, that uh, yeah. being able to actually uh, back those guys up. Now, what the hell was that like? I mean, that's got to be just something you'll remember forever. Well, we did the one show with Paul Deanna. We were supposed to do a tour, hmm. and that got canceled. That was pretty disappointing, but we did play one show and I met him uh, and got him to sign some shit and hung out with him. And I mean, it was just really kind of surreal, you know, yeah. talking to him, you know, and uh, and I mean, you just sit there and you kind of go, man, this dude, because the early Iron Maiden albums to me, I mean, I love Bruce Dickinson, yeah. of course. I mean, those albums are fantastic. But boy, those first two are just really special. And uh, I mean, for a lot of reasons, I mean, just the development of metal itself, a lot of that comes from the first two maidens. I mean, yeah. and I mean, just it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, I couldn't believe it. You know, I, I was so looking forward to it because you guys were booked up here in Foxborough and I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, I'll be able to. I'll be able to meet Diano, but I'll, I'll finally get to raise a beer with Chris as well. And then it was like, <laughs> what do you mean it was canceled? Like, holy shit. Because I remember you, I know. Know, you telling me off the air about the fact that you were going to do it. And I was like so psyched. And then it was like, oh, me shit. Me too, man. <laughs> and then just, I mean, and the worst part of that was we, I mean, it would have been disappointing either way, but we had announced it and it was. Right. Big news, you know, on all the websites and everything. And it was just like. You know, my friends were like, oh, my God, you know, and then, like, you know, you got to enjoy that for about three weeks, and then, ah, it's canceled, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, I could have at least suffered in silence without everybody knowing, and then, you know, that right. it was ripped out of the but, but with that being said, you know, we got back, you know, we sort of dusted ourselves off and went back out and did some cool stuff anyways, you know, so... That was that was nice, you know. That made me feel better. <laughs> but uh, we did, you know, some tours with uh, White Wizard and Nicholas Witch and uh, uh, Destruction uh, in America. Right. Destruction and Christian, which was really cool because we're like big fans of those bands. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, touring with Destruction was like that was like a professional like tour. I mean, we're used to doing kind of like you know. Just, uh, well, I guess unprofessional things. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, there's just like, oh, you know, there's people like working on this tour and we have to walk around with passes on and everything. I was like, oh, okay, this is what that's like, you know? So, 
uh, it was, that was really interesting yeah. and fun. And there were, you know, big crowds at the shows, which is always nice. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's always we were a little be... nervous. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. We were, it's good to have people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we, we were a little nervous, uh, because, you know, it, it, it's, it's, I get nervous anyways, before we play always. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you, you walk out in some of these clubs and you see, oh man, you know, there's a lot of people here, you know, and it's kind of like, it was kind of like a thrash and death metal crowd, which I love thrash and death metal, but we just didn't know. We kind of seemed odd on that bill, you know? Yeah. But it went over really well, you know? So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I definitely that's definitely a big step it. up. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I want to do another tour. Uh, a bigger one like that, if we can, of course. And, you know, we've had some offers, but uh, right now we don't just have everything sort of work out exactly what we're going to do. We wanted to let the album be out a little while and people kind of have a chance to hear it so they know the songs before we start. Yeah, yeah. Doing too much. You know? Yeah, definitely. You want to have that, getting people to have their favorites and you know, hoping you're going to play them and not have yeah. stares at you and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, people go to the bathroom. Okay, this is a new song. You know, everyone goes to the bathroom. Yeah, that's, that's always uh, that's always the suck song there, right? Like, great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, man. But, yeah, I, hey, you know, always great when I have you on because then I get to talk about other, you know, like, just metal in general. That's like one of the things I get. I was talking to people today. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to talk to Chris Bennett. And, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I'm just I'll be able to talk about the new album. But then we always talk about just metal in general. And, and I don't always get a yes. chance with every guest. They're always kind of more like they talk about their group and not everything else, but always with you, I'm always able to can out and talk about shit. I so look forward to it. But Oh you, man, me too. I love it, man. You know, I mean, I just, there, there's so many awesome bands, you know, even still today, man, I still try to keep my ear to the ground or my ear to the, computer screen, I guess, yeah. <laughs> and check out, you know, what's happening. And, and there's a lot of great stuff, man. You know, I mean, they, if there's, if, if you look and are, are willing to put that time into it, you know, you will definitely find a lot of stuff. You oh know? yeah, de so. definitely. And, and, you know, with, with, you know, even on your label on pure steel, they're always putting out stuff, you know, either they oh, or some of their yes, other small are. labels. I mean, there it's, there's great stuff to discover off of those guys. Yeah, there is, man. And there's a lot of there's a lot of cool labels now uh, that are doing. I mean, Pure Steel is definitely one. Uh, labels like High Roller, like they put out the new Cauldron album. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, just there's a lot of cool stuff. Hell's Headbangers is a label that I like. You know, they're putting out a lot of stuff uh, that I love. Uh, they just put out the uh, Bat album. That's uh. uh Two of the guys from Municipal Waste, and then the drummer from DRI, and okay. I just got that. All right. Uh, well, I mean, no wonder those guys are like all your boys. So of course you're going to get that. Oh yes, <laughs> they they are they are friends, and they play down in Raleigh, and I, I saw them, and it was like wow, you know, it, they're like very sort of like uh, they got that vibe of like you know Venom and Motorhead and hmm. that kind of thing, which I'm uh, going to see Venom Incorporated this weekend. Really. Yes. Uh, they're playing in South Carolina, which is about 
that's about a five and a half hour drive from me, but uh, we're going to head and, you know, down and see them. So I'm really, really looking forward to that. I saw their set list. I wasn't going to look at it and then I couldn't help myself. I had to just <laughs> look it up and wow, you know, like, and I love the old Venom stuff. I mean, and just, oh boy. I mean, this thing is loaded. I mean, it's like pretty much if I picked out the set list, I mean, that's what it is, you know, so. Awesome. Yeah. I'm and it's amazing excited. that, you know, a, a lot of the bands, you know, older bands that are still delivering just absolutely killer stuff. I mean, the new Death Angel blew my ass away. Just amazing. Like, still, like, deep, deep lyrics, the great riffage, and, and uh, you know, although I still kind of miss some of the classic drums they had there, where it was, you know, some of that oh, jazzy yeah. stuff in there. But there's even a bit of that on here, too. But just, I mean, what a great band. Yeah, Death Angel rules, man, and they're so good live. And I guess the the funny thing with them is it's like they're not really that old as you would think they would be because they were like 12 years old when they started. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I mean, like they were putting out demos. I, I, I Literally, I think their drummer was like 12, you know. And Yeah, the, so, the, you the know, first album guys. came out, I think Andy was like 14. That was like the big Yeah. Thing. I mean, yeah. And, you know, so they, they, they've still got a lot left in them, you know, and man, yeah, and they're awesome live, so yeah, Death Angel definitely is killer. like the new cauldron uh which i think sounds really great and you know they had that unfortunate accident but i'm glad that everything's gonna be okay like ian is pretty much you know mended up to where they're gonna get going again soon oh so good yeah it's 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 a great time for this music really i mean a lot of people are interested in it you know 
And and I know people say, oh, you know, the Internet has uh, destroyed this or that. And I, I guess it's messed up some things, but it's also created a lot of opportunities, I think, for people as far as, you know, bands that in the old days wouldn't have had uh, good distribution. You know, now right. people can listen to their stuff, download it or whatever, and... Or, well, it's just easier to order it even if you even are buying CDs or whatever. And, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's leveled the playing field a lot for more underground bands, you know? And right. I mean, it's just unbelievable, man. You go somewhere like Maryland Death Fest, which I've been to a couple times, and you see people just freaking out over bands that, like, when I was a teenager, it was like, wow, I never would have thought that, you know, this many people would like you know, I mean, it's just amazing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's also, it's, it's really interesting. Like, so like last Friday we went up to see Lynch mob and in that club, everybody in there, like they never got out of the eighties. It's like freaking amazing. So I think like me and Richie were the only people in the club that, that were listening to other music besides that. Everybody, you know, they played a docking cover. They're going crazy and all that. But then, you know, a couple of weeks before that, we're, we're watching Primal Fear. Yeah. And I mean, it was so good to see, like, not only like old shits like me there, but there was even like, for, for one thing, there was a lot of girls there. That was great. For Primal but, Fear? Uh, you know, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like talking like 18, 19 year old girls. Ralph so, I mean, just is like, a sex symbol, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was just, I mean, it was good to see that there was so many, just a mix of young and old at that show. Then it was like, good. You know, I'm that, glad that, that, that at least there's still some pockets of people that aren't stuck in like their, you know, everything they listened to when they were like, you know, 18 to 22. And they, that they continued to like, you know, yeah. I mean, so, dude, yeah, great stuff. George Lynch is a beast, man. I mean, you know, I, I went and saw Lynch mob. Uh, they played, well, we played with them a couple of years ago. And I mean, mm-hmm. that guy's like a huge influence on me and my playing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, me too. Yeah. So it I was confess, really, yeah. really like I was standing outside when we were loading in our stuff and there was kind of nobody around. I noticed there was a guy standing there and I honestly didn't really pay him much mind. And I looked over and it was George Lynch and I was like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. it's George Lynch. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, there's certain bands. I think bands from when you were younger that you liked and looked up to, there's still that sort of like, Oh my God, that's, you know, so-and-so, you know? And oh, yeah. I mean, with the newer bands, it's not so much, I'm not like that, but I still love their music anyways, you know? And, uh, man, <laughs> there, it, 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 you got to, uh, I've always tried to not just shut myself off and say, there's nothing good, you know, now, you know, or everything sucks now. I mean, you hear so many people say that. And like you said, yeah. at a lot of the shows of like the 80s, some of the eighties bands, it seems like people never really bothered to, uh, even explore and see, Hey man, there's bands today that are doing stuff like this, you know, that you might also like, you know, I mean, like, like you said, even primal fear, man, is like, you know, they're keeping the, like the Judas priest kind of thing going, you know, I mean, You know, Priest is not going to do it forever, and I want that sound to still exist and be well done by somebody, oh, yeah. you know? 
Oh yeah, and they do it well. Yeah, yeah, they do. Hey, you would have loved the you would have loved the lynch mob show, dude. Because so they they got there. So we went up because we're we're friends with Sean, and so he's like, yeah, come on, you know, come on up. And and so uh, I ended up parking myself right next to George's tech, and they showed up. Probably the opening band was at their like third to last song. So no sound check, no nothing. They're just going in. And they're gonna play. Oh, George wow. is like, yep, no sound, no sound check. We're gonna see how this goes, and uh, and then just to see George and and you know and and, uh, and the the whole band just they're jamming. So like Oni's like off. He hasn't even come out yet, and and they're just like, okay, we don't have a sound check, so we're just gonna jam a little bit. So George is throwing out little jazz riffs and everything, and they're just uh. they're just jamming jamming out. Just just hear George just just jamming, just making shit up off the top of his head, and then. He kind of got into it, so the whole rest of the night, like between songs, sometimes it was like a little bit of lull. He'd start like working on riffs, just right in front of you. Oh man! And he'd get something going, and he and he'd tell Jimmy like, "Hey, record it." Jimmy would take his phone, and George would just record the riff right there into the phone. He'd be like, "All right, good," and uh, we'll <laughs> so save that one. You're just writing riffs, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, who else does that, right? I mean, everyone else comes out; they're just gonna play their songs, and that's it. But George is kind of like, "Yeah, we're gonna like we're gonna jam a little bit," and they even like. So, because I'm standing next to his tech and I'm looking, I can see the set list. And then they're just deciding, they, they start talking and they do a song that isn't even on the set list. They just decided right then and there, yeah, let's do this one. Dude, that's and, cool. Uh, just a, that's a show. That's, yeah. that's entertainment, you know? I mean, yeah, when you exactly. when you can do that, just, you know, it, 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 I like for people to, you know, you get this unique show uh, mm. instead of some stiff rehearsed, like where you just go out and, you know, hello, insert city name here kind of thing, you know, right. like I, I, I like it to be more just, you know, you feel like you get a unique show. Uh, and I love stuff like that, man. That's super cool. You know, yeah. God, yeah. George Lynch is a beast, man. I mean, his solos are just like, I mean, that early docking stuff is, just, I mean, it's ridiculous, man. Tooth and nail. I mean, stuff like that. It's like, you know, and to yeah, see the dude yeah. play it now, and he just, just destroys it, man. It's great. Yeah, and of course, I'm sure, like me, I mean, you spent so much time, like, trying to figure out how he got his sound, too. It was oh like, if he even got close, you were like, all right, this is a good this day. Like, good. I got George's <laughs> sound, you know? Dude, he, and then the next day, is, you could never get it. No, his sound is perfect. I mean, yeah. I Well, he's got an insane pedal board, too. So he'd be like, he's doing solos and stuff, and 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 uh, just... I had like one cab blocking me, so I would like lean over towards the guitar tech and see like what he was gonna hit. And uh, so the whole time, um, people are probably looking like, "What's that guy doing? Is he keep falling over or what?" But it was like, <laughs> "What's he hitting now? What's he gonna hit now?" And uh, just, I mean, just he has—he's got a cool board. He's got that thing dialed in, you know, just exactly for what he wants. And uh, well, and he, yeah, he's got a lot of pedals. He, he plays with that class too. There's certain guys that just uh, have this class to their playing that you know no matter what happens those dudes are gonna just kill man it just doesn't matter yeah. you know what uh, we we went and saw uh we went to the rockstar mayhem festival but king diamond was playing and oh, yeah. uh andy larock man and mike weed too but andy larock especially is a hero to me and just the way he plays man his solos like it doesn't matter. I mean, he he is going to give you full on classy guitar playing. Uh, that is just just mind blowing, man. I, I've seen the King several times over the years, and just man, it's like I just watch that guy, and it's like wow, you know, his sound is perfect. His playing is just 
just pure class, you know, and yeah. it doesn't sound stiff and, and, uh, like over rehearsed, you know, and he just, you can tell that just is what he was feeling that day, you know, right. and that kind of thing is, I, that's just like the Randy Rhodes vibe. You know, you, 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 you listen to those recordings like, uh, the Randy Rhodes tribute album, which is still one of my favorite albums. And it's just, the guy just played what he was feeling that day. And it's like incredible, man. There's some of those solos that like, as much as I love like Blizzard of Oz, of course, you know, it's phenomenal. Uh, uh, there's some of the solos that it's like, man, I almost prefer this, you know, this live version to what he even did on the album, you know, it's yeah. just oh, yeah. like, it's just so cool to hear a dude. And it's like, man, that's what that dude felt that day. And it was captured, yeah. you know, and he probably just was like, oh, you know, it's another gig, man. He just walked out there and did his thing. But, I love when, you know, it's got that vibe of like, man, this is what I'm feeling right now. Instead of just, you know, let me just play the album over and over again. Like, you know, just a CD that's, or a, well, back then it would have been a record <laughs> that's, that's spinning over and over again. You know, I just, I don't like that, man. You know? So. Yeah, and I mean, really for a guitarist like him too, I mean, it would have sucked for him to just keep doing the same album over and over every single night. I mean, oh, God, have yeah. some kind of fun. you do, you got it. You got to mess with it. And, and man, you know, guy, well, all the uh, Aussie guitar players are just, man, I love Jake e. Lee too. I mean, he, and that's another guy that's just pure, pure classy play. Sin is like, I just worship that album, man. It, it, it's so cool. And those are the kind of things that 
with carved in stone, that's what we wanted is like, not necessarily like to sound exactly like the ultimate sin or whatever, but just the feel of those albums, the feeling that you got when you put them on, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, Holy Diver or, uh, uh, or even Dream Evil, which is one of my favorite Dio albums. Um, you know, the ultimate sin, that kind of feeling and excitement in metal where it was like a catchy song that you could sing, you know, it wasn't so much about like, you know, listen to this crazy drum beat I played or I mean, it was just like songs, you know, ultimate sins, a good comparison to carved in stone, because one thing that, that I notice on this, you like, you just blew my freaking mind, by the way, is that like, when you listen to ultimate sin, those songs, just the way they're written, they sound like they're like faster than they actually are. But when you really sit back and listen, they're like, they're really good mid-tempo songs. They are. And you got a lot of the songs on here too that that they sound like like they're they're faster. But then you just sit back and go, wow, that's that's a really good mid-tempo song. And then you have a couple in here that you really are, you know, that really do have that faster pace. But man, that's a that's a damn good comparison between Carved in Stone and Ultimate Sin. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's what we were going for. Was just like. You know, like, and I know it's, I know it sounds kind of silly, but like, just songs, and that's it, you know? Like, I, I think we, we were guilty of this too on our earlier albums where you go, man, you know, we really need this cool harmony. Like, we really need, like, oh, no, there's too many songs in a similar tempo, so we need this kind of. I mean, it was almost like we were overthinking it, man. You listen to something like The Ultimate Sin, dude a lot of those songs like are almost the same tempo with the same drum beat, but it was like, you didn't think about it like that. Then you didn't, you know, and, and it's, it's funny to me now because I'd almost wondered, you know, when we released carved in stone, you know, and I certainly knew guys like you that know the older stuff would get it. But like, I'd wondered if some people are even gonna like understand, you know, where, we're coming from with this thing because it's like now you see uh, some guys who it's not their fault. It, believe me, I'm all for younger people getting into this stuff and I think it's fantastic. So I'm, I'm totally happy about that. But you know, if a guy came up in an era where uh, metal was a little different, uh, you know, say their earlier exposure may, might be something like blind guardian or something more of that, Effect, you know, they might not totally understand uh, where that you know we're coming from with this thing. But to me, man, I think it's always important to go back and you know research the roots of what you like and you know where it comes mm -hmm. from. Because you know, to me, man, like when I, I mean, I, I wasn't alive, you know, when uh, I think I was when Thin Lizzy, I think I was born when they released Jailbreak. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I wasn't, let me put it this way, I wasn't there for the first run of Thin Lizzy, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I mean, I grew up and I was like an Iron Maiden kid. I mean, those were the things that were getting me started, Metallica and so forth. But it was yeah. so amazing when I got into the, Thin Lizzy albums from the seventies and you just kinda go, dude, this is like Maiden. I mean, they 
Maiden was like, dude, we love Thin Lizzy. We love UFO. Let's make a band. I mean, of course, Maiden did their own thing with it. But you realize when you listen to those albums just how much, you know, I I mean, Steve Harris is kind of like, just like any of the rest of us, man. He heard this these cool bands that he loved, and he's like, "Dude, I want to have a band." And you know what I mean? And then here's yeah, here's yeah. Maiden, and you know, so uh, I guess it, it, with us, man, that is what we were hoping to bring to a new generation of kids that are appreciating this music today. You know, and yeah. it is a lot easier for them again with the internet, where. I mean, you can watch any video you want. You can, with YouTube or whatever, I mean, you can, it, it, it's totally amazing. One thing that's really surprising to me is actually the way that younger kids have gotten into a lot of stuff, you know, from the 70s, like, you know, Deep Purple and, and stuff like that, where, you know, uh, it, 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 yeah. they don't hate it now. You know, I think for so long, you're, it's like your parents' music was like, oh, you know, and now I think there's this whole new generation of kids that are like, ah, you know, my parents' music was really cool, you know? So, I mean, yeah, that's awesome, yeah. man. I mean, it, there's definitely a uh, big resurgence of 80s-type stuff, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I didn't see that one coming, so that, that, that's cool, you know? Yeah, do you know do you know who is a huge Thin Lizzy fan? Is Matt Sinner from Primal Fear? Oh God, I'm sure, man. I mean, dude. Yeah, I, I've talked to him about that, and 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 now like I go back and listen to Sinner albums, and and even on the, the latest Primal Fear album, like I'm hearing like bits of Lizzy in there. It's like holy crap! Like yeah, they they are that guy is really into Thin Lizzy. You can uh, definitely hear it, dude. And you know, the Thin Lizzy material. I mean, that was just definitely one of the greatest bands ever, you know, the same with UFO man, because, uh, bands like that deep purple. And then, you know, as Richie went on with rainbow, like that's the stuff that really put the whole sort of like melodic heavy metal thing. I mean, that's, that's the blueprint, you know, I mean, it's all those songs and that material. And, Man, it's just, I'm just so glad that people still love that, you know? And I think they always will. I mean, those are just, it's just well done, you know? And I think, I think with us, man, we just tried to, like I said, stop just overthinking this thing, you know, and just go, dude, just, let's just make songs, you know? And, uh, I mean, man, the ultimate sin. Uh, Bark at the Moon, those albums just, man, it's like, it's like they just wrote freaking songs, you know, and, and it's great stuff, man. It holds up to me tremendously, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. I wish that I would love to hear Ozzy do stuff more like that. I mean, I know he's gone in all these weird directions and has like outside writers and all this crap, man. I'd love to hear him just bang out like, something like bark at the moon, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't think it's impossible, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I think you'd have to probably, uh, probably get Zach back to do it. And, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Gus is a hell of a guitarist, but I think that's more in, in, uh, in Zach's wheelhouse. Did you, did generation X come by you at all? 
Do you see that tour? Uh, no. No? Oh, that was, because, uh, you know, that was... Zach oh, wait a, a minute. Oh, that was... Uh, wait a minute. Yes, it did. That was Steve yeah. Vai and, and Zach Wilde and Yves. Uh, it, yeah. it did. Uh, and I missed it. Oh. Uh, it was... Man, it was in Wilmington, which is uh, probably an hour and a half from my house. And I missed it. And I'm very upset about that. But... You know, unfortunately that happens sometimes, but I heard that was just killer. It was, it was, it was an absolutely killer show. And uh, I mean, so well done because what they did is, you know, you had the, uh, Tosin comes out and, uh, well, if they come out the whole bunch of them, they play like one song and they all go back. Tosin plays one song and, uh, and then I think it was, I think it was Nuno that was on next. And so he comes out and jams a song with Tosin and then Tosin goes off and they just, they did it like that. So like, the next guy would jam with the guy before him. Everyone except for Ingve. Ingve just came out on his own, did his own thing, then jammed with Vi at the end of his. But uh, it was just, it was so cool just to even get that, you know, once in a lifetime jam lineups. And then at the end, just doing, uh, you know, a whole bunch of classic old songs together and stuff, you know, doing uh, Frankenstein, but having all of them trade off solos. Dude, that's and, uh, awesome. I, you know, I saw Steve I mean, you know, You're never going to see it again. No. No, that's a fantastic lineup. I saw Steve I and it's been a long time ago. Uh, it's probably fifteen years ago maybe, but man, he I mean that guy's just from another planet. I mean, he just Oh yeah. You know. I, I, I he does things that I'm like I don't even know what he did there, you know. <laughs> it's one thing to see a guy do something and like you know that's hard and it's like, Oh, well I'm not gonna be able to do that but like I actually don't even know what he did to get some of the sounds that I saw him bring out of a guitar. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> he's fantastic, man. And, you know, I love all those guys, man. I like Zach Wild. I mean, I'm not really a big Black Label Society fan, you know. Hmm. Uh, they have some neat vests and everything, but I'm not really a big uh, <laughs> fan of theirs. But but his work with Ozzy, to me, is just, especially uh, No Rest for the Wicked, man. It's just, I love that album, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, that's still, you know, there's some classic songwriting there because Zach is rooted in all that old school metal, too. So, you know, it kind of he kind of brings it in there. So yeah, he does. Uh, he does. Yeah. And he was he was man, I mean, he was great. You know, I, I love No More Tears, too. After No More Tears, it started, you know, yeah, it started getting weird. It started after getting a little weird and they kind of lost me and I would still buy the albums uh, and then. I kind of just, I uh, didn't really listen to them, you know, and I mean, there's some cool stuff, uh, you know, like on osmosis or whatever. And, uh, mm -hmm. but you know, some of the newer ones, no, you know, but that's just not what I'm into. But I mean, you know, I'll usually will give albums a chance. Like I will still buy new albums from artists, you know, like I yeah. saw the new Slayer come out and I was like, uh, you know, I bought it, you know, and yeah. Yeah. Well, you're doing, you, I mean, you do what I do. I mean, and, and I think it's something that a lot of us, we grew up do, which was that you have certain bands and when they release an album, you just, you don't even care. You just, you're going to buy that. I album. do. Uh -huh. and Van Halen releases a new album. You don't even think twice about it. You're like, yeah, I'm buying it. I do. You know, I do that. Certain bands like that. I, I, I mean, I have bought so many albums that I really never even made it to the end of, but I was like, Oh, you know, I want to support this. You know, I thought the new Judas Priest was cool. You know, yes, I, I wasn't yeah. crazy about the production, you know, but 
it, it, it sounded a little bit to me like they just kind of plugged into like the computer or something and played. But I mean, song wise, I was like, yeah, I like this. You know, it's got some really good songs on. And yeah, you know, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's easy to sound better than Nostradamus, right? I mean, that is very easy. <laughs> you know, uh, I was not really big on that one. You know, uh, yeah. but uh, the, the same with the new Maiden, dude. There's some songs that I really like a lot. Uh, Maiden has gone into this weird thing. Like, uh, I don't know what, I don't know where they record exactly or what, but it just, they haven't really done an album that has captured to me in a long time that feel of that, that, you know, magnificent sort of grandiose seventh son kind of vibe, you know? But, yeah, but I do like their new stuff. I mean, I, you know, I, that new album has a lot of songs that I like. I can't say I love every song. I, I, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, but there's some really just really good. I think if eternity, uh, fail is like the best song they've written in a long time. Like that song just rips, you know? Um, yeah. I think part of it too, with the you know, with the sound overall, is you know they're they're in there with Kevin Shirley, and it's kind of like you know song a day, like boom, boom, boom. And so you're really not having that same like time frame that somebody like Martin Birch was going to have them really working something out. You know, Kevin's just like just get it done, get it done, move on. Yeah, I think that's what you get. That well, I yeah, I think you're right, and you know, what man, really, Iron Maiden have not released an album where I would say, I don't like that album. Like, mm -hmm. uh, there's stuff I like about all of them, man. Even the stuff with blaze Bailey, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. I got to admit it first when that stuff came out in the nineties, like the X factor, I was just like, no, no, no. And I think I did this more when I was younger, but there's a lot of things that I just wrote off bad. I would listen to like a second of it and be like, nope. And I wouldn't listen to that album for like 10 years or something or longer. And I've been going back to stuff now. And it's like, this was actually really cool. Like if you think of it, like if you don't think of it, like, Oh my God, this is not somewhere in time, you know, like it just, it's like, this is really pretty cool. You know, Blaze Bailey was never able to sing like the Dickens and stuff, man. That was just not, no, he couldn't do that, you know, but I mean, <laughs> there's some funny videos though of him on YouTube, man. I watched this video where, uh, I guess they were playing in Chile or somewhere. And, uh, I guess he got mad at somebody in the crowd and he's standing there like he's going to fight with the guy in the <laughs> playing the trooper. <laughs> just this totally upbeat, like song that you know, makes you feel good. And he's just standing there like, you know, looking all pissed, man. It's it's pretty funny if you haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, he's sometimes he's funny to watch. There was that was it the, the Doro with a twentieth or thirtieth anniversary video, and she brings him out and uh, can't even remember what song it was, but it was a big song for her, and it was clear like the dude did not know the words, <laughs> and he's like trying to get through the song, and he just he just he doesn't know the words, and uh, yeah. So. Probably one of my favorite parts of that video. I love stuff like that, man. That's fantastic. <laughs> but, dude, i I'll tell you one thing. I got to say, you want to talk about classic bands uh, and them releasing killer albums. 
and I know, oh, may he rest in peace, uh, the great Lemmy. But boy, that oh, last yeah. Motorhead was, I really dug it, you know? Victory or day! they put out Bad Magic because I was actually disappointed with Aftershock but Bad Magic came out and I was like alright I feel better now Boom. you know like if Lemmy goes he went out on a great album man he did I mean because I'm telling you that album is really fantastic I mean that yeah. is one that that holds up you know to uh, the legacy of Motorhead man I mean just really good you know because again that was another one I think I bought that and the new Slayer and maybe the new Maiden all at the same around the same time they were all released kind of close they were uh, yeah and dude out of those three I mean by far the Motorhead is my favorite you know I probably yeah, no, great great album I'd probably go out of those three I'd go Motorhead first then Maiden and then Slayer bringing up the, the rear Sorry, Kerry King, but uh, I don't really know about the new Slayer too much, man. Yeah, and I am a Slayer fanatic. Oh. The other thing that was cool about Bad Magic too was, you know, the the artwork in it, the booklet with all the little Lenny scribbling cartoon shit. I mean, that was like there was so much personality in that whole album. Totally, Just, like the whole thing. You sit there, you listening to the song, you're looking at the little cartoons he drew and stuff. It's like, oh, I love Just, it. It just made the whole thing. I love it, dude. I love the cover. Like mm-hmm. that cover. I mean, you know, that looks good on a T-shirt. I mean, it's just like, that looks good on a poster on your wall. I mean, just the way they put their stuff together was so cool. And I, I was I was just, I felt like my friend had died, man. When he passed away, it was just hard for me to accept. And I still, it's like Dio. I still, sometimes I forget that he's gone, you know. It just doesn't oh, yeah. even I mean, seem was- possible, you know. It's it's insane. I mean, even I mean that that you know the the day he passed or the night he passed, like all of a sudden my Twitter like lights up, and and I look and I'm like, holy shit! And I go and my my middle daughter, she's 21. I went in. I'm like, Hunter, Lemmy's dead, and she just like stared at me like as if someone in the family had just died. Dude, she's like the same way. 
she's like, I know you're not joking, Dad, because you wouldn't joke about that. I'm like, no, I can't. Can you believe it? And she just was like stunned silence. I mean, Dude, um, it you know, didn't, it just didn't seem possible. You know, yeah. he was one of those guys that like he just didn't seem like a like he was real almost. I mean, it was just like he just seemed so larger than life, man. And uh, we met him at the Rainbow. Uh, Widow played there. And, you know, we were like, you know, we'd seen the Lemmy movie, which was pretty new at that time. This has been, you know, five years ago, maybe. And yeah. we played at the Rainbow, or I mean, out of the Rainbow at the, it was, well, it's gone now. It was the Key Club in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which was right by the Rainbow. We played there with Saxon. So we'd had this fantastic show, man. I mean, just like, I was like, can this day get any better? You know? I mean, like, and then, uh, Johnny sends me a text and he's like, I'm at the rainbow Lemmy's here. Come right now. And I mean, I just dropped, I think I was talking to someone. I just was like, just walked away. <laughs> like, it was just like, <laughs> nothing is more important than me getting to the rainbow right this second. So I went over there and there he was. And he was at his machine, you know, playing this video poker. And it was, I mean, just like the movie said he would be. And I was like, there he's, there he is, you know? And we stood there and just kind of stalked him for a while and just just stared at him, you know. I was like, that that's him, man. It's got to be. I mean, it looks just like him, you know. <laughs> like, and finally, we just, you know, said, hey, can we, you know, take a picture with you? And he called us over, and this guy was like, no, no pictures, you know, this guy that was with him. And he was yeah. like, come over here, you know. And, 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 I mean, he just basically told the guy, no, they're coming over. And we went over there, man, and he talked, and he talked to us, and, uh, I mean, man, it was like watching an interview on television. I mean, it just, like, I was just, like, <laughs> I felt like I was watching TV, just listening to him talk, standing there with him. Wow. I mean, it was so unbelievable. And um, our friend, uh, our, our good friends, Kit and Jennifer Ekman, they were there with us, and uh, they, they travel around with us and help us with a uh, so many things selling merch and everything, but they were there. And, uh, I told, uh, Jen, I said, please, you know, take a picture of us right now. I don't want to mess this up with Lemmy. Just, just take this picture. So anyways, you know, we, we end up <clears throat> after we talked with Lemmy and she comes to me and she's all upset. Like, I mean, she's just like, almost like, beside herself and I'm like, oh my God, please do not tell me that you didn't get the picture with Lemmy. <laughs> and she goes, I accidentally had it on video. And I'm like, okay, so you made a video of us hanging out with Lemmy? She's like, yes, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, that's fantastic. <laughs> so on my Facebook page, there is a video. I think that's the only video I have up there. Uh, and God knows, do I need another one? I mean, I, I, I can never top that one, you know? Uh, you're done after that. That's it. That's the only video I've got, but it's just like us talking to Lemmy, but man, he was, he was so nice. I mean, he, I mean, you know, the, the man, uh, uh, gave us a lifelong memory for taking, you know, a couple minutes out of his day, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. so I mean, just. I mean, we were just like, wow, this is like the greatest thing ever, you know? So, I mean, yeah, he, he was very, very cool, man. I mean, he, he, he was a real dude, man. And it just like, you know, and you, you, you kind of just go, 
wow, man, you know, a, a, a band so legendary like Motorhead, you know, the guy was just, he's just like us, man, you know, just a dude who loves hard rock and heavy metal and that's his life and nothing more, you know, and it was really inspiring to see that, you know. Uh, yeah. Holy crap, though. Best day ever right there. You play with Saxon and then go over and meet Lemmy. I'm dude, like, like, holy crap. That was one of my best days ever, ever in my whole life. I mean, just, you know, and I told him, you know, I'm like, oh, we just played with Saxon. He's like, you know, how were they? You know, <laughs> this is so weird. <laughs> He's like, was it good? You know, he had missed the show. And I'm like, mm. yeah. Yes, Lemmy, it was, you know. He was probably going, do they still drink fucking tea? <laughs> I, I wanted so bad to say, dude, can we go to your apartment and hang out? But, you know, I didn't. I was, I just was like, you know, I'm going to leave well enough alone uh, and just let this moment be, you know. And the weird thing with me, man, around guys like that, uh, I almost am, like, in a hurry to get away from them. Because I don't want it to get messed up somehow. You know what I mean? Like, I just like, okay, I want to do this and I want to get away from you, you know, because I don't want this to somehow get ruined. I want this to be perfect, you know? (laughs) But yeah, that was, that was, that was really, really cool. So, you know, uh, and I mean, stuff like that can happen somewhere like Hollywood, you know, just like, you know walk down the street and there's, you know, Steve Harris or something, you know, I mean, you just, you just never know what'll happen there. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Yeah. It's so, still, uh, it's still cool. You know, the rainbow and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's still really. Cool. Oh yeah. Still something, something happening still out there. So, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. There's, dude, I mean, you know, there's uh, younger kids, you know, it's like you said about primal fear. I saw, younger people at the Saxon show and it just that gets you hope man I mean it's just like you know these people are are, you know discovering this music and getting into it again you know and it just keeps going through generations and it's like it's a testament to how strong those songs are you know and how how well done they are for it to just keep carrying over because I mean uh, a lot of music just doesn't do that you know and that's really special about about metal, you know. It's just it, its ability to last. You know, you put on something like Master of Puppets to me, and it it still sounds good. You know, it doesn't sound dated. You know, I mean, it's just like oh, yeah. wow, this is really still awesome. You know, it's held up well. You know, it has. Yeah, still a benchmark album. Absolutely. Oh God, yeah, uh, for sure. Man. I mean, you know, Metallica. I mean, I can't say I've got super high hopes for a new Metallica record, but, you know, you never know. I don't think any of us do. <laughs> no, you, you, you never know. I mean, you know, I I was not crazy about Death Magnetic, you know. I mean, people said, oh, it's the return of the 80s, you know. I, I don't know if it was, you know. I mean, no, it, it wasn't. And, and I, that was one of the ones I do where I listened to it, and I was like, you know, I don't think I really like this. And I put it away for like two years. And then I I just took it out, popped it in the car and started listening to it again without all the hype around it or anything. And it was like, all right, there are, there's some cool stuff on here. All right. it's You know, it isn't everything they said it was going to be. It's not this. I mean, how can they possibly go back to, to Master of Puppets or Justice? I mean, come on. They're, they're, like, they're like mega rich dudes. 
and, you know, being able to live life the way they want. They're not the angry young alcoholic dudes they were back then. They can't do the same thing. No, it's hard to be angry when you, you know, have got, you know, millions and millions of dollars in the bank. You know, there's, I mean, whoa, yeah. you're going to be angry at the, you know, valet who parks your car. I mean, who are you going to be like angry at them with? You know, so you're right. There's no way. And, you know, what's funny to me, and I might get like struck by lightning or like, killed by man of war for saying this but honestly like i prefer load to death magnetic and before the metal gods come and kill me uh let me explain um that album to me now i hated it when it came out and i mean i didn't listen to it for god knows how long but <clears throat> i mean even just recently i bought some of those albums that I didn't have, uh, like load and I listened to it and you know, what I like about it is it sounds honestly like what they wanted to do at that time. And mm -hmm. to me, like death magnetic sounds like them sort of going, dude, we should probably, you know, people want stuff more like what we did in the eighties. You know, because you take, mm -hmm. like, on Death Magnetic, I really like that song. Um, uh, it's a very well-done song. Um, ah, that one they had the video for. Uh, the Day That Never Comes, that's it. Yep, yep. Dude, that song is like one, dude, you know? I mean, think, it think is, about but you know it. What it it's, one, it's like man. one, but it's it's also, it's got, that's, that's a good example, because that's also got that philosophy they used to have on all their old albums where Lars would go, we need to add another part. It's not long enough. Let's make another part. Yeah. Okay, now let's make another part. And that's what you hear in that song. Yeah, but you think about it. You got the really nice acoustic thing. Then mm -hmm. you got this sort of like heavier chorus, which yep. does it, does that a few times. And then it leads into this midsection that's like building. And then it goes into this real you know, kind of part. Yep. I'm like, dude, this is one. And I mean... And I'm just, I'm not saying that it's not what they wanted to do. Maybe what they wanted to do was do shit like they used to do. And I totally understand that. But, like, as crazy and weird as load is, you know, I think I didn't understand it back then as much because I had not made albums. But, like, I know how sometimes... I even feel where it's like you feel frustrated and you feel like you just want to do something different and you don't know what that is. You know, when you put out an album, uh, the, the magnitude of the black album, you know, that just seemed like the entire world bought and still do somehow. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I don't know who's, I mean, I read these things where it's like, uh, you know, it's sold like, I mean, it'll still sell like half a million copies like in 2015 it did or something. And it's like, who doesn't have this album, you know? But, but like, when you do something like that, I mean, what do you do? You know, as well received as that was, uh, how do you really follow that? I, the right answer wouldn't be making another album just like it because there's no way people would like that as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. and I can't even, and I know people criticize Metallica a lot, but you're talking about 
an enormous team of people whose livelihood depends on that band and what they do, you know? Oh yeah. So yeah. if they put out, you know, something that doesn't do well, then people are out of a job, man. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, JC Penney's shutting down or something, you know? I mean, it just like, you know, it's, it's this cold, it's beyond, it's mind blowing when you really start thinking of the layers of it all, you know? Yeah. So I, I can understand wanting to do a, a sort of radical departure a lot more than I could back then. Well, even when the black album came out at first, I mean, how old was I then? Like 15 or something. And when it came out, it was like, I heard understand me. And it was like, Oh no, you know, no, <laughs> no. I saw the premiere when it was on MTV and it was like, Oh no, man. And, you know, it's funny, you think about albums back in the day, like, you just heard it when it was basically, like, coming out. I mean, now with the internet, you know, you almost know exactly what something's going to be way before it hits, you know. And back then, it was kind of like, oh, here's Inner Sandman, and it was just, Because mm. the, the first four Metallicas are just like, you yeah. know. I know, I've got a lot of friends that are a little older than me that didn't even really like Justice, man. It was just like the Cliff Burton years only, you know. Yeah. And I totally understand that too. I like just the stuff, you know. They just could have changed the mix a little bit on. Oh boy! I mean, wow! <laughs> the bass guitar is just—that's something that I, again I didn't understand that then. You know, at my age, I was just like, Dude, "This is great." You know, I, I I didn't get it, but you know, you listen to it now, and it's like, I wonder why that happened. You know, really? I mean, why? Why would you want to do that? But, it, you know, it, it, it affected production of a lot of albums. It, it, the actual production influenced people. Because mm-hmm. you started having bands, you know, like Pantera, who got big, that had a similar production sound. I mean, you could hear their bass, but still, it had that kind of scooped sound like Justice, you know? Yeah. Not really yeah. the mid-range sound, you know, the 80s, you know? Yeah, I just I remember it was we were hanging out at, uh, down at Emerson College, and this one kid down the hall he had like a huge stereo system, and he's like, "Yeah, I got I got the new Metallica," and he, he put it on. We're all like, "All right, we're gonna just like you know the entire dorm is gonna hear this thing," and uh, put it on. And after about you know the first song, we're like, "Yeah, all right, all right," and then it was like something wrong here, and we're all just like, "Um, where's the bass?" And, and I think we made it about three songs in that night and everyone was like, master, master. (laughs) Dude, I mean, you know, that album to get as big as it did, that is such a just uncommercial album. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like work to listen to that thing, man, all the way through, you know? I mean, cause it's, just a song like Injustice for All, man, so much. It's very taxing on the listener, you know. It's not an easy, I love it, but it's not like, it's not easy listening, you know. It's, there's just a whole lot going on, you know. But, uh, but then again, you know, one, the way that song and that video was done, man, just, I mean, it was just good timing, you know. Uh, and I think that's so important with a band, man, the timing and, and how, 
how it all goes, man. It's just, and Metallica's always just had that perfect timing, you know, with everything. So, but then there's certain bands, man, that it seems like their timing was totally wrong on everything. And then somehow they end up getting it right years later, I guess, like Anvil or something, you know, or, or Anthrax. Yeah. Anthrax too. But see, uh, they like Anvil, man, you know, I've, I've always thought they were great, you know, but Mm -hmm. who would have thought that the way that movie did and, you know, it just exposed them to this totally new audience, you know, I was happy for them, man. I'm happy to see anybody just succeed, and especially somebody that's worked so hard for so many years like Anvil. I mean, that just right. makes you feel good, man. <laughs> that makes you feel like, dude, we, all of us have a chance, man. You know, like it's never too late, you know. Yeah. Uh, Pentagram's another one, man. I love that movie about Bobby Liebling. And just, you're talking about a guy that shouldn't be alive, man. Wow, you know. That movie's fantastic, man. Uh, uh, Last Day Here. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Uh, that is just fantastic. Uh, uh, even like, uh, even, I mean, this resurgent of people that are, are uh, starting to get back into Raven again. That's another one. That's oh, like, God. Oh, you know, it's great. Dude, let me tell you something. Raven just rules, dude. I'm a Raven lunatic for life. Uh, they are probably the nicest human beings on the planet. Uh, we've had the pleasure of playing with them uh, a few different times. And, uh, man, I mean, in different countries and shit. Like, we played with them in Spain. We played with them in Greece. And every time, man, I mean, they've treated us like friends, you know. And mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten to know John uh, and his wonderful wife, Melanie, who are, I mean, I just, man... Like, those guys are like, they're like stars to me, you know? So I get around them, and I feel like, oh, man, John Gallagher, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but he, he treats me like a friend of his, you know? And I think he actually thinks of me as a friend, and it's just, like, amazing, you know? It, it, it's mm. it's really nice, you know, because, uh, you know, and I've heard him say a lot of nice things about Widow and stuff, and it's just, man, it just makes you feel good, man. You know, it's just... Uh, uh, a band that I consider, I mean, I consider those guys legends, man. You know? Oh, yeah. I really yeah. do. And, and you're right. They, well, you know, Ravens, I mean, they, they were part of that whole thing, like when Metallica was breaking and all of that. And, and Anvil, too. I mean, all, all those bands were there. And <clears throat> Raven, it seemed like, they never stopped, you know, they kept going, uh, and they kept doing it. And you, they, God knows I admire them for that, but you're absolutely right, man. They had a resurgence to where, and they just, it's like, it's like they're just reborn, man, you know? And mm-hmm. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, dude. That last one they put out was freaking fantastic. It was fantastic, you know, and uh, it just proves man, that it's never, over you might have you might i mean it's like a wave man you can be up on the wave and then you're going to go down for a while and if you just stick it out because you love it because those guys and raven man they just love doing this you know and they've had some times that their wave went down but it came back up again and they were always there 
see it go up again. <laughs> I mean, you know, and to see them perform, dude, uh, we played a festival in Spain, the Pounding Metal Fest. And there was a lot of killer bands on there. Night Demon was the first time we ever met them, and we became really good friends. Oh, great, guys. great guys. Yeah, super great cool. Great guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, there was, there was a bunch of killer bands, but as far as, like, the legendary sort of bands, uh, it was uh, Raven and the Rods. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Was, Carl, like, Carl's such a killer guy. I, I've talked to Carl a couple times. What a nice guy. Dude, I mean, I was just, like, in heaven, you know, at this show. Because Madrid is like just, it was this beautiful city and everybody was so nice. All the people involved with the show were awesome. And uh, and then there's Raven and the Rods. So I'm walking around and Carl right away goes up. And I mean, I had no idea. I mean, Kit, you know, who does our merch that I was talking about earlier, he, he tells me, he's like, dude, Carl Kennedy just bought a widow shirt. <laughs> and I was like, no shit. You know, like, I, I, I mean, I was, wasn't expecting that. So then he goes on stage wearing the widow shirt and I'm like, dude, I'm so happy, you know? And then I watched the rod and, uh, and I actually, and let me tell you this before they played, um, I saw David rock Feinstein outside, you know, of course he's Ronnie, Ronnie James Dio's cousin. Mm-hmm. He's standing there by himself. And I was like, dude, you know, I introduced myself, which had for a minute. And, Anyways, I asked him a couple questions about Dio, and the man stood there and told me all these Dio stories, and just just stuff about, you know, Ronnie just, you know, having his faith in a vaporizer when he was sick and insisting he was going to go on, and just, you know, how much he loved the fans of Dio, and, you know, all these cool things that he did, and it was just so unbelievable, because the guy kind of... You know, he doesn't look exactly like Ronnie, but he, you could tell they're related, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, man, so there he is telling me these Dio stories, and then you got John Gallagher, the Gallagher brothers, and Joe Hasselmander, who's a very interesting person, uh, all bopping around. And, I mean, dude, those bands got on stage and absolutely destroyed. I mean, the rocks were just... Like, fantastic. And you literally, they put on a show where it's like, it didn't seem like you could follow that, you know, because, my God, the rides were on the number of the Beast Tour, for Christ's sake. And you're going to talk about people that have done it, man, you know. And then here comes Raven, bouncing all over the stage, man. Just tore the place apart. And you got young kids in the audience, you know, like people wearing, like, you know, checkerboard spandex. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you know, and just singing every word to all the Raven songs, man, it just gives you uh, faith in humanity, man. It's like, dude, we're going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Europe is, is a really a special place. I mean, the kids over there are just metal, you know, in a lot of countries that I've seen it is uh, Greece is another uh, Germany, of course. I mean, you know, like that's almost like goes without saying, you know, but like, I mean, you know, we played a show in Greece and also with Raven and it was just like all these people with mullets and, you know, and stonewashed jeans and high top Reeboks. And you're just like, dude, I'm like, you know, this was like my, you know, 
junior high, high school years. You know, <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, it's it's fantastic, and you know, uh, it's unbelievable. I didn't really expect the more traditional sound to uh be have a you know just a, a resurgence as a whole like it has. I, I didn't expect that. And thrash too, you know. With you yeah. know guys like Municipal Waste and Toxic Holocaust sort of bringing that around and then that's brought a lot of the older bands back with a full head of steam too. It's just Right. It's really awesome, man. You know? So Oh yeah. No, it's it's good that it's uh, you know is this is some kind of hope for for what's going on, especially catching a lot of the the, the younger listeners too and bringing them in. Well, and with, with doing that, you got these guys because usually when somebody gets converted to this type of music or gets into it, it's usually for life, man. You know, it's not usually a, a genre with sort of like casual listeners. You know, yeah. like where you would go. Yeah, you know, I used to think Raven was pretty cool two years ago, but, you know, you know, I mean, you pretty much get into that and it's like for the rest of your life, you're going to love that, you know? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm almost 52 and my mother's still waiting for me to grow out of it. It's like, no, <laughs> the phase, yeah. Not, not, not happening. Yeah, you know, my parents. be dead before I grow out of it. My parents, too, man. You know, they, yeah, I think they might have thought that it was just a phase and like, they're like, oh, you know, sort of let him grow his hair long and, you know, do all this. <laughs> they didn't think that all these years later, you know, I would still be doing it. But <laughs> they really don't hassle me about it anymore. I think in the beginning they might have been, you know, a little concerned. But, you know, <laughs> that's the way it's supposed to be, though, right? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, for the most part, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, man. Got your finger on 
good. I love talking to you because we shoot the shit about everything and, and uh, we never know what we're going to talk about. It's a, definitely always a journey and, uh, you know, always, you know, anytime, always love having you on the show. I mean, you know, you could just hit me up and be like, hey, can I just call up and we can shoot the shit and you know I'll be up for it. Yeah, so dude. A, I think I should, maybe I great. could become, I should become a guest host or something. <laughs> I, think, I think the last time you, we, we, I had you on, it was like, I just, I, I billed you as like, you were my guest host for the week. And uh, that's how it usually works out. It's like, you know, people, a lot of people, they tune into the show because they want to, they miss being able to sit on a couch and talk to their buddies and argue with them about metal and all that. And like, so when I took, when I talk to you, it's it's like us sitting on a couch and, and shooting the shit about metal and, and people love that, you know, it, they, they it miss is. it in their lives and, you know, it's fun, man, because you know, it, it's just like, it's, it's so fascinating to me to hear other people's take on it having those experiences that I had, you know, like your first mm. time hearing it just sprawl or whatever it is and just how you took that and how that affected you. And it connects you with so many people, you know, and just, mm-hmm. I pretty much think in my life, like all the friends that I have currently, I mean, I know them all because of heavy metal, you know? I mean, it's weird when you think about that, but like just so, I mean, there's a few that's not, but you know, for the most part, my longest and nearest and dearest sort of friends are, you know, it all goes back to that because like you said, man, we sat on a couch and, you know, talked about stuff just like we're doing and, you know, and it just went from there, you know, (laughs) and that, that is so cool, man. I mean, that that is, that is just, uh, you know, it's the greatest music in the world, man. And, oh yeah, you know, the way it brings people together and has evolved and lasted because, you know, look, I mean, there's problems at shows. I mean, that has happened. But for the most part, man, you know, that's the thing I've always tried to explain to, you know, like my, my parents or whatever, my family. It's like, if this is not like a satanic, like, you know, ritual orgy. I mean, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. Sorry, dad. You know, but no, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's just like, you know, people, really nice people, man. I mean, I've, oh, yeah. we've gone and played shows and stayed with complete strangers. And, you know, when you tell somebody uh, it, things like that, who's not into metal, it seems really odd to them, you know, like why you would spend the night at a complete stranger's house, you know, that you don't know at all in a, you know, town you don't live in, you know, seems kind of bizarre, but dude, when you're, you know, a metalhead, that's totally fine. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's fantastic. And, and other genres of music just don't have that. you know, I mean, yeah, I know. I mean, we, we read about, you know, Lars sleeping on Sean Harris's floor, you know, and you're like, yeah, all right. Seems normal. Yeah, you know, totally. I mean, that's that's cool stuff, man. And I, I just, I love it, man. You know, I mean, I, I don't see me ever just stopping, you know. I And I feel like as long as people want to make this music, and they want to do it. I mean, metal will be alive no matter what. I mean, it's not going to die because people aren't going to let it die. Right. I mean, we've proven that we don't need mainstream support. I mean, you know, the 90s proved that. 
you know? That's right. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there were a lot of bands that I loved that came, came, came to be in the nineties when metal was dead, supposedly, you know? And, uh, you know, it's not going anywhere. I mean, I've seen people say it will, but I mean, if it, if it lives in you, it's, gonna it's alive you know what i mean right yep oh, yeah, absolutely yeah awesome so of course you know before i let you go i want you to get your websites out because of course you've got unfortunately you don't have carved in stone up at the main site but i know you got all your other great albums out there as well and stuff so why don't you throw out some of the places people can catch up with widow online well we have just updated our website we we had to get a new webmaster um so that's that's coming together, but now we've got links where you can order Carbon Stone. We'll have them. We don't even have our copies yet, so we'll, <laughs> we'll have those soon enough. But uh, right now, I would say go to widowusa.com, which will take you to Facebook. If you look down at the bottom, it'll take you to Facebook and everything like that, But uh, and Twitter and whatever other things we're on. Uh, Snapchat or something, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I'm new to that. I actually did sign up for that thing. I have a, I can't really figure out how to do it yet. But anyways, um, also um, Facebook.com uh, slash Widow the Band is our Facebook page. So a lot of stuff always being put on there, and I usually I pretty much do the Facebook page myself. Uh, so I usually, when I see people liking the page and stuff, I usually go in there and try to like friend them to my own personal page too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I can keep track of you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Middle version of big brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like the government. I've got to monitor what everyone's playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Awesome. All right, well, I'll let you go. We kept you for an hour and a half already, hey, but it uh, doesn't seem like it, man. Chris, it's fun, dude. It doesn't. It flies, but uh, seriously, you know, you feel you feel like shooting the shit, or you got something that you know come up you want to talk about. Shoot me an email, and and I'll, I'll have you on. We can we can shoot the shit some more. Dude, that would be I, great. Like I, said, I, I would love, love talking to you. Thank you, man. I, I, cool. I feel the same way, and I want to do that. So I will definitely do that. Uh, awesome. we won't go this long without talking and dude, you know, like I said in the beginning, I really, honestly, it, it, it doesn't seem like it's been that long, you know, it doesn't, it's it literally, it shocked the shit out of me. I'm like, really, it's that long. And then, I, and then I'm looking back at, at last time I, I, that I, you know, emailed you and I'm like, holy shit. Dude, like, really? I know, man, that's crazy, but I really appreciate you having me on, dude. It, it, it's so much fun. And please, uh, to the listeners, check out Carved in Stone. You know, give it a chance. Make yeah. it your ultimate sin for you know, 2016. <laughs> yeah, and and so I I got to ask you the I got to ask you the hard question. Okay, what's the favorite track right now? Oh boy, that's tough. Uh, I told you it was the hard question. Favorite track right now? Well. There's a song, and I hope we play it eventually. We don't currently have it in the set, uh, but there's a song called "Nighttime Turn" at, uh, towards the end of the uh, album. It's the next to last song, but the solo 
is my favorite solo that I did. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because I really thought that song was not that good. And I just was going to just sort of go through the motions and record it. And whatever. It's turned out to be, like, probably my favorite. Uh, because the solo was done... This is a fascinating story, and I will make it quick, but when we did the demos for the album, I told Johnny, I said, even though this is a demo, you have to record me like this is the final thing. Like, don't, you know, I don't want to have to recreate if something, you know, if some magic happens. So, (laughs) anyways, um, that solo was the first take. I mean, I, I make up my solos, just I improvise them on the albums. Like, I don't have, like, a written solo. And now I might take some takes and kind of realize what's working, and then, you know, then I kind of sort of inadvertently write something from there. But the solo for Nighttime Turn was a complete, like, you know, after several shots of Crown Royal, uh, <laughs> my first stab at it ever I mean, and that's the one that ended up on the album, the very first one. Wow. And, like, I love it. I think it's one of the best solos that I've ever done. It's not, like, it. there are things in it that I wouldn't normally do because I was just kind of screwing around. You know, I love, I love shit like that. You know, like, just right. when things you just, just happen that you're not expecting and... Oh man, I'm just, I'm really big on like the first take because I feel like there's Mm -hmm. magic in things that if you don't capture it, it's lost forever, you know? Oh yeah, no, it's true. I remember, I remember tracking an album back like 87, 88 and and I went in and uh, I was like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm going to lay scratch tracks down for everything and everyone's going to play against the scratch tracks. And when I was all done, I was like, shit, I can't do a better rhythm track than that. So almost every rhythm track on that album is, is my scratch track. Yeah. Because there's magic, dude, in that early, there's something where you just, it's just like this primal, this real honesty comes out of you, you know? Mm. And by the time you do a few takes, man, it's just like, it becomes very sort of machine-like and stiff, you know? And I'm all about that just sort of natural, like, I'm just the type of person, if... I just feel at that moment, like just throwing my guitar down and, you know, running my foot across it or whatever, just in whatever that happens to sound like, I want that to be captured. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm all about the vibe and stuff. So, you know, that whole thing, man, that, that, that solo is like special. And I actually think there might have been one or two more that it was the first take. I think the very first solo, up there was it was one of the first takes too, but there was just something with that nighttime turn where it was almost like it was just like oh let me just see what happens and then here comes this thing and it was like when it was done it was like please tell me you recorded that <laughs> and he was like yes I got it and it's like whoo thank God you know so yeah so there cool. you go so that's. <laughs> That's what I'm going to play right after I hang up with you is I'm going to I'm going to run that one so everybody can hear 
nighttime turns. But uh, again, Chris, it's been freaking awesome talking to you. And so glad that this album dropped from you guys. The whole thing is solid, you know, except for that one ballady thing in there. But otherwise, (laughs) still solid as shit. Everything I expect from Widow and uh, so looking forward to more Widow music to come. But uh, again, it's freaking great to talk to you. You too, brother. Thank you, man. And hopefully I'll see you soon because the plan is we're going to go on tour so awesome. I will be coming your way. <laughs> All right, take a take a loop around Boston, and, and uh, we'll uh, we'll come out and uh, I'll host a couple of beers with you. Awesome, man! Thank you. All right, Chris, have a good one, man. You too, and, bro. Uh, thanks for taking some time with me. Thank you. All right, cheers. for yet another week of Focus on Metal. Once again, big, huge two horns up thanks to Chris Bennett for once again gracing our presence here on Focus on Metal. Always, always, always damn good to have that guy on. Good conversation, good music from Widow. Can you beat that? I think not. And remember, go up to WidowUSA.com. Check out all the other past CDs from Widow and also see if the link is up yet to get your own copy of carved in stone if not there is a pre-order up on amazon and also you can go to nuclear blast and order it right there right now so as always keep up with us at focusonmetal.net focusonmetal.blogspot.com on facebook on twitter damn it we are everywhere so that's it stick a fork in it this one is done And you know what? It is just about time for Chris to kick into that guitar solo he just talked about. So how about if I shut up and we have a listen to Chris creating six-string metal magic.
is insignificant. You're still here? It's over. Go home.